Welcome to Southern Sisters Radio, the show for Southern women and the men who adore them. Join us as we celebrate life from a Southern point of view. Here's your host, author, founder of Southern Sisters Home, Jenny McCormick Earhart. Hey everyone and welcome to the Southern Sisters Radio Program. We are so happy that you're here joining us on a beautiful Saturday. Yes. Or Sunday, depending on when you're listening to us. Well, yes, it's October in the South and I'm sorry folks. It doesn't feel like October. No, it's not fall Mm -mm. at all. No, it's too warm, right? What is it, 85? (laughs) Right. This uh, week, one day? It's just not right. I, I... you know, I've been my, my autumn clothes have been lined up. I'm ready. I don't care anymore. I'm wearing them no matter what. <laughs> Just crank the AC yeah. up a little higher crank in the car, it right? Up in my car. I got my fall dress. I got my leggings. I got my boots, boots? and I'm sweating in the car. <laughs> I don't care. You got to do it. This is wrong. It is, but you know, it's it's around the corner. We mm. got to be careful what we ask for, though, because yeah. you know we're ready, ready for fall. We I know. want the cold, and right. it'll be forty degrees before See, you know it. We need more transition, is I what I say. It what? goes, you know, it's like going from heaven to hell. It's just too <laughs> right. It, it's too too abrupt. Yeah, too abrupt. Way too abrupt. We did have chili last night, though, which, in my opinion, is one of the official things that you do uh, when the weather starts to get cold. Absolutely, chili night in my house. <laughs> you know what else is happening at my house now that it's fall? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Bernadette, the banana spider, has appeared again. Oh, she's back. She's back. <laughs> now, I don't know the lifespan of a banana p- spider, so I don't know that this is the same spider that was at my door last year, but it looks like her. <laughs> well, she, it might be her twin uh, cousin or something. Might be, Who knows? right, or her daughter, right? right? But she has made an expansive uh, web right on my the side porch of my house, right? And she's made this massive web, and it's just so beautiful and intricate, and if you get there at the right moment, you can see her catch a bug, uh. right? So the little bug flies into the web, right, which vibrates the web, which wakes her up, and she is like a rocket. I mean, she shoots over to that little whatever it is. You know, I don't know how she kills them, actually. It's pretty brutal. It's pretty kind of gory. Yeah, and then she spins them and wraps them up in like a little web thing. Yeah. It's fascinating. I guess it's a snack for later. <laughs> so my administrative assistant, Jeanette, uh, my, my uh, for those of you that know the Southern Sisters, one of our Southern Sisters offices is at my home, and uh, so she comes in every day, and uh, she has told me she's deathly afraid of spiders. She won't come through the side door. <laughs> She's refusing to come through the side door. And I said, look, just don't bother Bernadette and she won't bother you. Right. Yeah. You're a lot bigger than a fly or something get caught in her web. You're she's fine. not going to hurt you. She's not poisonous. I, I looked her up. I Googled. There you go. I know she's I know she's not poisonous. And she's beautiful. Yellow with these black markings on her. Wow. And she's big. I say she's maybe about, gosh, at least three inches. Whoa. Yeah. She's a good sized spider. So, so Jeanette is going through the front door, right? <laughs> so I walked out with her out the, out the side door the other day. She said, I guess I can. I, I said, I'll go out the side door. I just won't get too close. And just as she's going out the door, I called to her. I said, oh, did you know that they jump? And she's oh, like, that's oh, so mean. I am so bad. She went, run, she went running down the side stairs. I can imagine. I hate you. <laughs> so Bernadette the banana spider. Yes, that's a sign that it's autumn, yes. right, at the Earhart household. I've also found a little key to happiness. Huh. Yeah, uh, it, at least in October. The key to, one key to my happiness is my homemade um, pumpkin pie spice. Mm. You know, folks, you can whip this up, just mix some things together, keep it in a little jar, and use it in all kinds of things this autumn. Um, I like to stir it into cookies on Ooh. top of cookies, right? Muffins, cakes, pies. What I love to do is make my coffee in the morning, 
stir a little bit of the pumpkin pie spice into the coffee. Oh, that sounds amazing. Right? I would have never thought of that. Yeah. And then if you're really feeling wild, you put a little ready whip on top of your coffee. Oh. Oh. And then sprinkle a little bit more of the pumpkin spice. <laughs> and then take a picture and put it on Instagram. Right. And then you, your coffee has become dessert. Exactly. After all, <laughs> did it really happen if you don't put it on Instagram? Yeah, good point. I don't Very know. Good point. Here's how you make the Southern Sisters Key to Autumn Happiness pumpkin pie spice. You need three tablespoons of ground cinnamon, two teaspoons of ground ginger, two teaspoons of ground nutmeg, one and a half teaspoons of ground allspice, and one and a half teaspoons of ground cloves. It, oh, it just smells so wonderful. Yeah. Mix it all together. Put it in a little mason jar. You know, just a little a little container right, right there. Keep it around. Perfect. You, you, you might find yourself sprinkling, sprinkling it on all kinds of things. I actually um, did a toasted bagel this week. And spread some cream cheese on it and sprinkled a little bit of the pumpkin pie Ooh. spice on that. Ooh. Oh, it was good. See, that's so folly. Right? It's just right? fall. Well, you know what else is very fallish? Hmm. Oktoberfest. Oktoberfest. Oh, yeah. We're going to be coming back in just a minute and we're going to be talking all things Oktoberfest, guys. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Southern Sisters radio program. Okay, Nick, put down the beer. <laughs> Why did you tell them? It's a no, work day. I'm at work. Nick is swaying back in his fourth with his big old stein of uh, Oktoberfest beer. No. Oh, how I wish, though. No, I wish I was doing that right now. <laughs> Well, this is something that, once again, you know, we just right. talked in the last bit about how the pumpkin spice feels so fall. Yes. Something about having a stein with a beer frothing over the top. Right. That's so fall. Something so fall right. about it. A nice cold beer. Yes. Uh, yeah, I picked up some Oktoberfest beer actually at Publix Ooh. yesterday. I did. I had it with my chili and cornbread because this is the South. Right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and my Oktoberfest beer, it was a perfect dinner. Nice. Yes. And my salad because, of course, I was raised by a Southern woman and I know that you always have to have something green. Right. <laughs> On the plate. Absolutely. It's a, it's, a, it's a brain thing with me. You know what I'm saying? Well, you guys may think you know what Oktoberfest is all about, but I'm here to tell you there might be some little factoids. Hmm. That's my fancy name for trivia. Factoids. Factoids that you don't know about Oktoberfest. So we're going to run do a little quiz here. We're going to see how Nick does. All right. Okay? And I'm you guys, ready. folks out there, Southern Sisters and the men who adore them, you play along play with along. us. All right? Now we're going to take a quiz and find out how much you really know about Oktoberfest. Okay? Um, and it's not that hard. We think you're going to get a lot of these right, but some, <laughs> some, some may, uh, you know, stump you just a little bit. Okay. okay, pretty easy first one, in my opinion. Which country is the home of Oktoberfest? Is it Ireland, Thailand, Germany, or Australia? It's Germany. Nick, if you guessed Germany, you're right. Although there are smaller Oktoberfest celebrations all over the world, the main event takes place in Munich, Germany. More than 6 million people attend the city celebration, making it the biggest beer festival in the world. That's crazy. Yeah. Right? So much beer flowing. Imagine, basically, (laughs) like Athens on a Saturday night. Good point. Yes. Good point. Party school. Anyway, no. Okay, here's number two. How should you say cheers when you're at an Oktoberfest festival? Should you say salut? Should you say cheers? Should you say prost? Mm. Those are your choices. I'm going to go with salut. Oh. No. Well, 
I think uh, if you were in Italy, you might, right? Right. Oh, no, that's Spanish. It's Prost. Uh, it's Prost, Prost, right? Okay, so raise your sign and say Prost before knocking back a lager at Oktoberfest. <laughs> Another popular phrase is Zum Wohl, meaning to your health. So wishing good health to your drinking partners is a universal cheer. Got it? Now, salute is the toast of Italy, right? Ah, uh, okay. Right? And then you say salud with more of the D sound on the end when you clink glasses in Spain. How about that? Okay. okay. Now right. you know. All right. We Prost. learned. I learned. I got it. Okay. A stein of beer will typically cost you how much? Now, if you're in, if you're attending the actual Oktoberfest celebration in Germany, you'll be paying in euros. Right. But I have gone. I have gone to the added service of converting the euros to American dollars. Well, thank you. <laughs> so it makes sense for our show, right? So a stein of beer, if you were in Germany, would cost you about how much in American dollars? Six, eight, ten, or twelve dollars? A stein of beer. A stein of beer. I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with eight. Oh, like right in the middle, right? Right. You're wrong. Oh. I'm so sorry. It's not cheap to spend the day drinking at Oktoberfest, folks. <laughs> and the one liter steins will run you around twelve dollars. Wow. Right. That's about nine point three five euros. Right. Right. But and the price is going up every year. Oh. Inflation. Oh, darn. Yeah. You would just think, you know, supply and demand. There's a lot of beer. I, I would have thought that. There's a lot of people. <laughs> Which of the following is not a food that's usually associated with Oktoberfest? Is it grilled chicken? Is it huge pretzels? Is it pork knuckles? My, my. Or is it fried calamari? Uh, fried calamari ah, stands out. There you a go, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> it goes without saying that you should pair a giant German soft pretzel yes. with your beer whenever possible, but grilled chicken, Heindel, and Bavarian pork knuckles, I'm not even going to pronounce, well, Schweinschachs. Okay. Good job. Are also popular snacks during the festival. If you're feeling especially adventurous, sample an oxen dish. How about that? Huh. Oh, yeah. Right? That's some weird you stuff. You could. I'm yeah. down to try it, though. Yeah, but you're not going to find any fried calamari. <laughs> what a which, shame. Which, which animals do not participate in the Oktoberfest costume and rifleman's parade? Okay? It Do not, right? Do not. Is it cows, goats, thoroughbred horses, or llamas? Llamas? Oh, you're doing well. Yeah, nice. Thoroughbred horses, cows, and goats are featured members of the Oktoberfest costume and rifleman's parade held on the first Sunday of the festival. One of the cultural highlights of the festival, this parade also features human marchers dressed in traditional Bavarian costumes. Riflemen, marching bands, and floats representing the different Munich breweries travel throughout the city. How about that? That's kind of cool. Kind of interesting. Wow. It's a whole parade. Yeah. According to the rules of Oktoberfest, the beer must be what? Saluted by the crowd, aged in a barrel for 15 years, from one of Munich's six breweries, or accompanied by a giant pretzel. Which one of those four things must the Oktoberfest beer be? Official Oktoberfest? I'm going to go with one of the six breweries in Munich. Excellent. You do know your beer. You do know your beer. All beers served at the Oktoberfest tents must be from one of Munich's six breweries. All right. Paul Anner, Spaten, Hocker Shore, and Augustiner, and Hofbrau, and Lowenbrau. Wow. You know that one. Have you heard of Lowenbrau? Lowenbrau? That used to be big, I think, back in Mm. the 80s. I don't know. 
Yeah. If I'm down cool, to try If you were cool, you drink a low and brow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not cool, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't <laughs> well, know Well, it must that. not have worked because I don't, I don't really hear of anybody <laughs> drinking it these days. The beer must also be um, follow the Reichenspot. This purity law was enacted back in 1516 to control beer quality standards and stipulates rules such as the recipe can only include barley, malt, yeast, and hops. Huh. How about that? That's cool. They got some rules for their Oktoberfest oh, beer. Hundred-year-old rules, multiple hundreds. Why do they call it Oktoberfest if technically in Germany it is held in September? Did you know that? Oh, really? Mm. Huh. Makes well, no why sense do to they me. Call it? Is it a is it, is it a practical joke to confuse tourists? Is it because the weather was better in September, or is it the first one took place in October? You know. The, Knowing German culture a little bit, I want to say the first one, practical joke, but that's probably not it. No. Uh, it was. Is it because the uh, the first one was actually held in October? It is. Okay. Yes, the Very first one cool. was held in October, 1810 to be exact. Wow. What is the official rallying cry of Oktoberfest? Beer. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> it's kind of kind of like that. Okay. Kinda. The choices are Utsba Is, Sisbumba, Hakuna Matata, or Geronimo. <laughs> Hakuna Matata. Oh, yeah. It's a wonderful thing. <laughs> what do you think? We're going to uh, eliminate that one. Yeah, it's one of those first two. Okay. That's strange, though. All right. What were they again? It's uh, Utsaf Is. Okay. And Sis or Sisbumba. Sisbumba. No. 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 At noon on the first day of Oktoberfest, the mayor of Munich kicks off the celebration by officially tapping the first barrel of beer <laughs> and shouting to the crowd, Utsaf Is, meaning... It is tapped. It is tapped. How about that? Very nice. I love that. <laughs> True or false, Nick? Hmm. Okay. Children are never allowed in the tents during Oktoberfest. True. <laughs> no. False. <laughs> all those Germans. <laughs> it may come as a surprise, but despite all the flowing beer, Oktoberfest is a family-friendly festival with carnival rides, carousels, roller coasters, musical showcases, and traditional parades fit for all ages. <laughs> Nothing says children like a drunken beer brawl. Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> what are they thinking? And which city is home to the country's largest, this country's, this country's, U.S., mm -hmm. the country's largest Oktoberfest celebration? Is it Los Angeles, New Orleans, or Nolens, <laughs> uh, Miami, or Cincinnati? Oh, the largest... Um, largest Oktoberfest celebration. We're going to go with Cincinnati. Ooh, very good. The largest Oktoberfest celebration in the United States takes place every year in Cincinnati, or Zinzinati, as it's called. <laughs> Unlike its German counterpart, the Ohio Festival is much shorter, lasting only three days, but the party takes up six city blocks along Fifth Street. Wow. How about that? It's free and open to the public. Nice. Hey, and there's always Helen, Georgia. Right. Right? right up the road, and that's a big deal, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. I took the kids there when they were little. I love nice. it. Might be time to go back. Well, guys, there you have it. Now you can just dazzle your friends and family with your Oktoberfest knowledge at dinner tonight. <laughs> we're going to come back and talk Oktoberfest food. We'll be right back. Turn off the telly, Nelly. To the table, Mabel. Now sit up straight, Kate. It's time to eat, Pete. Have a banana, Hannah. Try the salami, Tommy. 
get with the gravy, Davy. Everybody eats when they come to my house. And welcome back to the Southern Sisters radio program. Oh, yeah, we're talking Oktoberfest. Yeah. And no Southern Sisters show is complete without some good food. Mm-hmm. And some beer? Well, that just makes it hey, better. yeah, win-win. Ah, uh, right? <laughs> well, you, you may be asking yourself, what am I going to eat on Oktoberfest? Let's say you're going to stay in. Okay. You can see, and you're going to whip something up, something special. Yeah. Remember, folks, all of our Oktoberfest recipes will be on the website. You can find the recipes and some pretty photographs as well on southernsistershome.com. Just click on the blog and check it out. There you go. Oktoberfest. Now, I need a beer that I can get locally, right? Right. Okay, so we're going to talk about some some top beers, top Oktoberfest beers that you could acquire locally, no matter where okay. you are living in the country, right? So I've got a list here for you of the top five best Oktoberfest beers, because like it or not, we are in we are in Oktoberfest oh, season yes. right now. So it's time to set your Spotify to polka music. <laughs> hey, speaking of Spotify, you know, Southern Sisters, we have a, we have a Spotify playlist. Yes. And we play some good music. Just look up Southern Sisters Radio. You'll find the playlist there on the very top of the list and just click follow. Thank you. And my, you can, any, all of the great music that uh, Jenny decides to play on the oh, show, you'll hear. Oh, my esteemed producer has set all this up because I don't know what the heck I'm doing when it comes to <laughs> Spotify. But I do know how to pick some music, let me tell you. you. And go, that is one of the fun sure. things that we get to do each week. Um, so all of those fun songs, including, hey, are we going to put our polka on there from this week? Yeah, I put the polka on there. Okay, absolutely, it's already there. There you go. So it's time to set your polka to the uh, to your Spotify to the polka, and maybe even dust off your leader hosen. <laughs> you know you have some. You know you do. And oh yeah, here's the beer. Okay, are you ready? Prost! Right, we're Prost. gonna cheer to these. Number one to, of the top five: Sierra Nevada Oktoberfest. Every year since 2015, Sierra Nevada, now brewing in both Chico, California and Mills River, North Carolina, of all places, has teamed up with a different Bavarian brewer to craft something special that's always, well, just good to impress. Mm -hmm. And this year they've partnered with the legendary Brawhaus Miltenberger to craft the Sierra Nevada's 2017 Oktoberfest beer. It's a golden Marzen lager with a rich malt backbone and a surprisingly brisk finish. Oh, very nice. I just want to drink that right now after saying say, that. Yeah. The Oktoberfest b- beers are kind of bold. They are. They are, for being yeah. lighter beers. Yeah. They're generally bold. Yeah, you, know, like you kind of have to expect that. Right, you know? yeah. Um, you know, I, had, I actually had one last night with my dinner. And it was wonderful. And I'm not really big necessarily for, I like to pour my beer into a glass. Yes. But if I'm if I'm thinking of it, and I can put some of my glass beer mugs in the freezer oh, or the refrigerator ahead yes. of time. But if you're not thinking of it, I can't, I cannot just, <laughs> I can't pour cold beer into a warm glass. You know what I'm saying? Right. So the best way to keep it cold is just to chuck it right out of the bottle. Yeah. Which I did. <laughs> okay. Number two of, on our uh, best Oktoberfest beers list, we have Star Hill Festi. F-E-S-T-I-E, Central Virginia's Star Hill. It's not the first brewery you think of when you start talking Oktoberfest beer, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't. Part of the brewery's seasonal heavy rotation series and available any day now, right? Star Hill Festi is about 4.8% alcohol. Mm. It's an Oktoberfest lager that's defined by its sturdy yet nuanced malt backbone. Oh, It's got some weight to it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yummy. Yeah. I love that. Number three, Oktoberfest beer, Hacker Schwor, 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 
<laughs> we need to get we need to get uh, Aaron in here to help us pronounce right, some of these beer right. names, right? <laughs> the Hackers for Oktoberfest. Any serious discussion of Oktoberfest beers needs to return to the land where it all started and proud beer capitals like Munich, Germany, mm-hmm. right? Brewed using naturally sourced spring water and one of only six Munich breweries allowed to serve beer at the Oktoberfest celebration there. Hackers for original Oktoberfest is lighter than many of the American craft beers versions. It's also less hoppy, hmm. right? H-O-P-P-Y. Yeah. And deliciously refreshing for exactly that reason. I would think that for those of us maybe that don't want a heavier beer, this might be a lighter option. Right. Yeah. Still going to be a little heavy on the Oktoberfest spectrum, but it's not going to be as heavy as the others. Yes, and a little bit less hoppy takes a little bit more of the like kind of bitterness away yeah. from it, so it's not quite so... Right. Beery. We're trying to offer something for everybody. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Now, the uh, number four, the Ninkasi Oktoberfest. Now, if it looks like we're in the tank for Eugene, Oregon-based Ninkasi Brewing, it's because we totally are. <laughs> and like Victory, they've got brewing lagers down. Available in late August through early October. You can still get some, guys. Ninkasi Oktoberfest, uh, it kind of marries Northwest ingredients with the traditional German style and doesn't forget the hops. It's like a marriage. Right. A nice little marriage of sort of the Northwest America and Munich, Germany. Nice. And Northwest likes some of the lighter ones, too. Like exactly. Like the lighter tones and yes. that mixed with offer. Hmm, that right. sounds pretty good. It's a nice little merging of the two. Hmm. Now, number five, guys, on our list of the top five best Oktoberfest beers, Otter Creek Oktoberfest. Now, no doubt, inspired by Sierra Nevada's transatlantic Oktoberfest collaborations, Vermont's Otter Creek has teamed up with Acambia Bavaria, a pilot brewing facility located just outside of Munich, to create this year's Oktoberfest beer. How about that? Wow. Building upon the classic Marzen style, Otter Creek Oktoberfest is a symphony of rich German malts and German noble hops with incredibly earthy aromatics that will blow you away. Mm. Now, see, if you're going to pair up for an Oktoberfest beer, if you're going to be pairing up with a German company, it needs to be one, you know, outside of Munich. Right. That That's kind of where you get your, how should we say, your Oktoberfest, uh, Oktoberfest credentials. Right. It's right? much more genuine when it's from right there. Yes. And can I tell you something? Just because they slap an Oktoberfest label on it doesn't mean it's it actually has all the attributes of true Oktoberfest yes, beer. Do true. a little research. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Because some, some folks or some of the local beer companies here in this country will just kind of you know, slap Oktoberfest on it, and and that's the no. German beer is a very distinctive type of beer. It's yes, almost bitter but smooth, if that makes right. any sense. And you're right, some of them, yeah, like it, like it said in that, it, some of our American beers are kind of heavy, yeah, and they don't like that over there in Germany. Mm-hmm. It needs to be light because they knock down four or five of them and then go to work, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> they go out in Lederhosen and start chopping logs, stuff like that. I know. So. And I'm thinking, you know, we're talking about the Steins, the $12 Steins. And it, I'm thinking that's a, a liter. That's a full liter. Yeah, that's a lot of beer. I mean, that is. That's think of it like a of two beer. liter. Like I've got a two liter of Coke at my house right now. It's me half of that. <laughs> do you yeah. think you could do like those ladies do over there with like the 16, 17 okay. beers all at once and walk around Just, like that? Less do you think I haven't done my research. <laughs> I watched a YouTube this, video this morning. They interviewed one of those women who were the waitresses, whatever you call them there at, in, right. at Oktoberfest. She could carry 12. 
Wow. She had six in each hand. That's crazy. And she was pretty, too. I couldn't do that with yeah. two on each side. It was impressive. It really was. And she does it all day long. Yikes. She's got some arm muscles. I'm sure. Guys, we are going to come back in a few minutes and talk about Oktoberfest some more and some food. Boy, do we have some goodies for you, including German chocolate brownies. We'll be right back. Everybody eats when they come to my house. Hey, this is a party. Turn off the telly, Nelly. Come to the table, Mabel. Now sit up straight, Kate. It's time to eat, Pete. Have a banana, Hannah. Try the salami, Tommy. Get with the gravy, Davy. Everybody eats when they come to my house. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Southern Sisters radio program. It's food time, a.k.a. happy time. Yes. I just, you know, I could do the whole hour talking about food. Ooh, yes. You know, describing it. I love the way uh, some of the little, um, well, so we just say the adjectives that we use to describe some of those beers. <laughs> Got a good hopsy backbone. Yeah, you know? malty. Malty. Mm. These are good. A- adjectives are a powerful thing. They are. They help so. sort of, right? They kind of help create that image in your head of what you're eating or what you want to eat or, yeah, you know. Absolutely. When I describe it, I was mm. telling a cousin actually recently about something I had to eat. She's like, do you realize how you're talking? She goes, you're talking very seductively about food. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I can't help it. Because it is. I was just describing it and it was just like, oh, I was getting breathy talking about the food. <laughs> what is wrong with me? <laughs> You love what you do. I love what I do. I do. And and I love having Nick here with me, too, because he's a great appreciator of uh, Southern food as well. Absolutely. Or German food, as case may be. Real quick, though, people might be surprised at the South has a lot of German heritage we do. woven into our cuisine. Certainly So do. this stuff may not seem quite so out there no, to a lot of people. think about it. No. Right. And you know what? Don't don't underestimate the ability of a Southern woman to put her little Southern, you know, style into a German dish. There you go. Right? <laughs> you know, case in point, I sometimes when I do, um, when we do some of like the bratwurst and things like that, we'll mm. also serve like a, uh, you know, like cornbread on the side or something. Oh, That's yes. totally you know, that's totally makes southern. no sense. But, but that's okay. I'm infusing the two cultures. <laughs> hey, cornbread goes with everything. You know, yeah, that's right. And you know what? <laughs> it's your kitchen, your rules. Exactly. And right? if you don't like it, you don't have to eat it. You can do what you, you want. You can go somewhere else. Let's say, if we were going to stay home tonight and pull together a, a deliciously uh, German, right, Oktoberfest dinner, um, there are lots of directions we could go. You know, the traditional bratwurst, yes. all of the the wonderful um, sauce, German sausages. We talked about that, believe it or not, last year. Yes, we did. In our Oktoberfest <laughs> episode. Um, sauerbraten is another great marinated dish uh, that I love. But I've got one today, guys, guys that I think you're going to love. It's simple to prepare. You can kind of pull it together, and even the kiddos are going to like that. Hmm. Okay? If you got little ones that don't care for sauerkraut, you can leave that part out. Right. Although I love sauerkraut. I've started to acquire it more yeah. since I've gotten older. It's got yeah. it, it is a little bit of an acquired it is. taste, no question. We've got a Oktoberfest strudel. Okay, so imagine Ooh. that. Uh, we're going to serve it with some mustard sauce. Mm-hmm. And boy, is it going to be good, like with a nice Oktoberfest beer oh, yeah. in a chilled mug. Now, this is a great Oktoberfest uh, treat, a dish. It can also be served up as a, like a party appetizer. You could slice it into smaller pieces and do it that way. Um, it's a strudel with apple, sauerkraut. You can use knockwurst or bratwurst and a sweet mustard cream sauce. Ooh. It is out of this world. Now, just to kind of uh, give you a heads up, folks, the recipe itself calls for phyllo dough, which I love. I do. But you know what? A nice substitute, and I've done this before with this dish, is I've used pastry dough instead of phyllo dough. Okay. With the pastry, uh, with the phyllo dough, you really have to kind of brush that butter between each of the layers. Mm-hmm. And there are eight layers in this particular 
uh, this particular dish. Uh, so you can go with the phyllo, which is amazing and wonderful. That is the way the recipe was originally intended to be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm a huge fan of pastry dough, and I find it to be a nice substitute. All right. If you are making pastry dough from scratch, stop. <laughs> you don't need to. And I'm telling you, I know of what I speak here. Um, there is, abs- I think one of the greatest things ever invented was frozen pastry dough. Mm-hmm. It is phenomenal. Top chefs on Food Network oftentimes uh, praise frozen pastry dough. You can buy it. I think Pepperidge Farm makes one. You yes. get it at Publix. It comes in sheets, right? Usually two per box. Uh, they're fabulous. And it will save you a, just a world of work and there time and effort. Okay? So we're going to, for the sake of argument, we're going to put our... Um, we're going to use our store-bought pastry dough for this particular dish for our holiday or Oktoberfest strudel with mustard sauce. What you're going to do is you're going to preheat your oven to 375 degrees. Now, in a large skillet over medium heat, you're going to warm two tablespoons of butter, one cup of chopped onions, one large diced Granny Smith apple. How about that, mm-hmm. right? You're going to saute it for three more minutes, right? You're going to then remove it from the heat and stir in one half cup of drained sauerkraut, and two teaspoons of caraway seeds. That gives that nice something something. Yeah. Okay. Drain out some. Like I said, drain the uh, drain the sauerkraut so it's not too wet, right. not too liquidy. Got it. Now, on a large baking sheet, you're going to lay out one sheet of phyllo dough. Right. You're going to fold it in half lengthwise and brush brush it with about one tablespoon of butter. You're going to repeat with the other layers. If you are using the pastry dough rather than the phyllo dough, which I think is a lot easier, once again, you're going to want to roll out one sheet. They come in in in, um, in rectangles, mm-hmm. right? And then you're going to put all of your ingredients in the center of that. You're going to fold it in half and then lay your ingredients in the center. So what you'll do is you'll um, when you when you have the dough laid out, you're going to spread. Um, some mustard over the last layer of phyllo. And then you're going to spread the sauerkraut filling along the long lengthwise side to the center of the dough, leaving a one and one and one, I'm sorry, I can't talk, one and a half inch border around the edges. Top the sauerkraut with knockwurst or bratwurst slices. Okay. I suggest about a pound for this particular dish. All right. You want to go get that authentic, you know, German knockwurst or the bratwurst and just kind of slice it up nice. So put that on top. You're going to start at one end of the pastry dough. You're going to roll it jelly roll style, mm-hmm. right? As it goes, just pushing all those ingredients inside. If you've got a little stray piece of sauerkraut or bratwurst, just push it back in. <laughs> roll it up, and then you're going to place it seam side down on the pan. Brush the top with butter and bake it for 25 to 30 minutes or until golden brown, okay? Ooh. It is out of this world. That sounds amazing. Now, while you're uh, while it's in the oven cooking, you're going to prepare a mustard sauce. So, in a large skillet, you're going to melt one tablespoon of butter over medium low heat. Stir in one tablespoon of flour to form kind of it's like a smooth paste. Then you're going to slowly stir in one cup of light cream and continue stirring to keep the lumps from forming. I really like to whisk here. You're going to whisk in three tablespoons of German mustard and heat it through. It, it makes this sort of, um, not too spicy, sort of a mild, creamy mustard sauce. Ooh. What I love to do then is take a big old little, well, not a big old ladle, but like a big old scoop of it mm-hmm. and put a puddle of it on the plate. Slice that strudel, right? And then lay your piece of strudel on top of the little puddle of that creamy mustard oh. sauce. 
out of this world. Wow, that's so fun. Delicious. Well, anytime you're rolling something up, that's just fun, <laughs> right? So true. It's like playing is, with your food. What is it about German food so like savory? They it go is. for like the meats and the yeah. butter and the yeah, right? Ooh, wow. they, and they make no apologies for it. No, right? They're happy. About it's just it. good, hearty food. <laughs> I don't know. They must walk a lot over there. I guess. It's like the French with all the butter and the cream and all of that. Right. They walk and bike a lot. Yeah, right? <laughs> one of my favorite books, I've talked about it before, one yep. of my favorite books is French Women Don't Get Fat. <laughs> Maybe German women don't either. I don't know. Who knows? Now, what's, what shall we serve with our delicious Oktoberfest strudel? Now, how about some potato pancakes? Oh, of course. These are so delicious and so simple. Quite frankly, I could make these any day of the week, not just during Oktoberfest. <laughs> what you're going to need is about eight cups. You can use the frozen shredded potatoes, the kind you get in the grocery store. Okay. You can get the refrigerated kind, like the Simply Potatoes. Any mm-hmm. of those are fine as long as they're shredded, right? What you're going to do is you're going to combine your eight cups of shredded potatoes with four beaten eggs, one half cup of flour, one teaspoon of salt, and a half a teaspoon of pepper. You're going to whisk, uh, stir all that together in a bowl, right, until the flour is no longer visible. So you've mixed it all in. All you have to do is heat about one inch of vegetable oil in a large skillet, and you're going to use a one-quarter cup measuring, measuring cup mm-hmm. to scoop out that potato mixture. Got it? You're going to scoop three piles of potato mixture into the hot oil. Let it fry on medium-high heat until golden brown. That will take about three minutes. Turn the potato cakes over and press down with a spatula, flattening them out as much as you can, right? Fry the other side until golden brown. Remove it and just lay it on some paper towels. Let it drain a little bit. And just repeat that process with the rest of your your potatoes, right? I love to serve these with a little dollop of sour cream. Oh, yes. Right? Maybe a few little chopped scallions on top. Delish yes. and perfect with your uh, with your Oktoberfest strudel. Mm-hmm. Now you know my my theory on every every Southern woman knows you got to have a little something healthy in there. Oh well, yes, a little something some green. green, right? <laughs> How about a Hofbrau coleslaw? Okay, okay, beer coleslaw. Right. And this is crazy talk, <laughs> but it's delicious. <laughs> it's a great side dish for these this particular menu, or quite frankly, at any other event. It's wonderful. You are going to need about two to three pounds of fresh shredded cabbage okay now if you're like me and you get lazy and you want to buy the, the already chopped up kind in the bag you can do that <laughs> that tricolor chopped coleslaw right. mix is wonderful but you're gonna need a total of about two to three pounds of it all right and then what you're going to do is you are going to take one green pepper and you're going to cut it in half and you're going to take out the seeds and you're going to cut it into strips you also need one cup of sauerkraut a half a one half of a chopped onion, right? You're gonna add that to the cabbage and mix it well. So we've got our cabbage, we got our green pepper, we have our onion, we have our cabbage, our mm. sauerkraut in there. That gives it a little extra something, something, good. right? Now, in a small bowl, you're gonna combine one cup of mayonnaise. R- wait for it, a half a cup of beer. Perfect. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> now, since this is called half brow, half brow coleslaw, half brow beer would be in order. Right. You don't have it. That's I'm, appropriate. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tell on you if you throw a little Bud Light in there. Like it's all right. And then you're gonna need one teaspoon of celery seed and a half a teaspoon of salt, and then a little pinch of black pepper. Right. You're gonna whisk all that together until it's blended. You're gonna pour that wonderful beer mayonnaise mixture over the cabbage, 
and toss it together gently but thoroughly. And then take a little taste. See if you need to put a little more, another dash of salt or something mm. in there. Just cover it with uh, plastic wrap. Stick it in the refrigerator until you're ready to serve your dinner. Mm. It's delish. That sounds amazing. Beer. Beer is better with everything. <laughs> what do you say? Except for maybe this. No, actually, I take that back. You know what? I might drink beer with my German chocolate brownies as well. Oh, oh hello, beautiful. These are so wonderful. Now, listen, I'm going to give you guys a shortcut because I don't like complicated recipes, right? If you have a brownie recipe that you love, if you have a chocolate chip cookie recipe that you love, Mm -hmm. it could be from scratch. It could be from a box. I don't really care for this recipe (laughs) because the magic is in the coconut pecan frosting, right? So whip up a batch of your favorite brownies or your favorite cookies, and then I'm going to take it from there, okay? Now, these are our German chocolate brownies or German chocolate cookies, depending on how you look at it. (laughs) What you're going to do is in a bowl, you're going to add one cup of evaporated milk, one cup of sugar, three egg yolks, a half a cup of butter, and one teaspoon of vanilla, right, to a large saucepan. You're going to bring it to a heat over medium-high heat. Stir it to evenly combine and continue stirring until it's thickened. The longer you cook it, the more thick it will become. Mm -hmm. It's going to take about 12 minutes to get it where you want it. Once it's thickened, just remove it from the heat. You're going to add one and a third cup of sweetened shredded coconut. Mm -hmm. You can buy that in the grocery store. It comes in either a can or a little bag, right? And you're going to add one cup of chopped pecans. Now, just beat it all together until it's smooth and thick enough to spread. And you are going to spoon and spread that over the top of your brownies. Oh, my gosh. So if you have a pan of brownies, I would go ahead and just smooth that frosting over the whole thing and Mm. then cut it. Or if you've already made your cookies, just frost them individually. Yes. Oh, they are beautiful. Delicious. That sounds so So good. good. And top it off. With a Hofbrau, a real <laughs> beer, folks. That is your thoroughly 100% German. <laughs> I don't know, except for maybe the boxed br- brownies. It's okay. We might be cheating a little I'll there. I bet you they make boxed brownies over there, too. You think they do? That's all right. <laughs> sure they, they need shortcuts just like we Southern women do. Well, there you have it, folks. All the recipes will be on the website, southernsistershome.com. Just kick on the blog. Oh, do have a bagel, bagel. Now, don't be so bashful, Nashville. Everybody eats when they come to mind. Welcome back to the Southern Sisters radio program. Oh, yeah. You know you deal with it. (laughs) You're either on the giving end or the receiving end, Mm -hmm. more than likely. I think very few of us actually are able to navigate the roads indefinitely without either experiencing road rage, committing committing road rage, (laughs) (laughs) inciting road rage. You know, we often (sighs) talk about people that are guilty of road rage, but, you know, it does beg the question, what might you be doing to incite it? Good point. Now, there is never an excuse for anyone acting out on the road, doing things inappropriate, putting people in jeopardy. Right. Never. I don't care what somebody does on the road, right? You don't you you do not have the right to create a dangerous situation. Correct. Don't drive people off the road or right. no, no. No. Right. No. And I'll tell you, I, I I will give a personal story because we're gonna talk about what we might be doing to in, in sort of in uh I guess incite road rage in other people. We're gonna talk about some some bad habits that we might have. We're gonna mm-hmm. deal with that. Um, but yes, a few years ago when my daughter, one of my daughters was only, I think she was 16, and uh, I had purchased a new car. And so I had driven my old car to the car dealership, purchased the new car, and then I called my daughter and said, okay, I've got it. It's all, deal is done. I'm going to be leaving in the new car. Can um, you have your girlfriend drop me off here so that you can drive my old car home? And she said, yes. Now, the old car right. was a minivan. Oh. Uh... 
you know, because I had a lot of kids. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, so she came and she got dropped off. And she's, bear in mind, she's 16 years old. She's used to driving her smaller car. And so she pulls out of the car dealership driving my old minivan, right? And she doesn't know exactly what happened, but she suspects that at some point, somehow, she may have pulled out in front of somebody, kind of cut somebody off. Uh-oh. Now, there was no horn honking at the time. It wasn't a close call, she said. Right. You know how sometimes people pull out and it forces somebody else to slow down and it's irritating? Yes. It wasn't dangerous what she did, but she did make a mistake. Mm-hmm. She's a 16-year-old girl driving a minivan that she's not used to. Okay. What happened at the next red light to me is beyond inexcusable. So the woman that she apparently cut off got out of the car at the red light. My daughter was was blocked in by other cars in traffic came up to the driver's side door and started screaming at her and banging on the glass, banging with her fists on the on the driver's side window and screaming at her. My daughter was scared to death. That's scared outrageous. to death. It was it was outrageous. Now see if I had if probably if she had it to do over again, she might have pulled out her phone and videotaped the girl. Because if you ever if you've seen those videotapes on YouTube oh, yes. of people that, you know, they catch incidents of road rage. But um, yeah, folks, if somebody cuts you off, you don't do something like that. No, you know. Oh my gosh! And, and how she had no way of knowing if this woman had a weapon. Quite frankly, Ugh. the woman who got out of her car and approached my daughter's car and was banging and screaming and yelling—how did she not know the person driving the car might have a weapon? That's a very good point. I think that that, that people don't think about right? too is, you know, uh, I'll just go ahead and say it here. Here at Salem, we. Uh, not too long ago, lost one of the members of our Salem family to an incident of road rage. Right. And he really, you know, as far as we understand, accidentally pulled out in front of somebody, right. he gave him the wave, sorry, whatever, thought all was good, and then, you know, later, unfortunately, lost his life because that person got that upset got with that road upset. rage. So, yeah, just, it's, yeah. we joke about it, funny, haha, because, every, you know, flip the bird at people, but right. it really can get out of hand. You got to keep yourself under control, people. You got to keep yourself and everybody else on the road. On the roadside, because right. there are people out there, you know, with very short fuses, you know, and it's the age we live in, guys. It really is. But if if, if the Southern Sisters can provide you with a few little tips, maybe just some suggestions on things that might be inciting road rage. <laughs> like I said, it's never your fault, right? And there's no excuse. Well, it might be your fault, but there's never <laughs> an excuse <laughs> for someone behaving badly. But if you've ever gotten into such a tizzy in the car that your head nearly exploded, I know I have. You're not the only one. Right. SafeMotorist.com reports that 66 percent of traffic fatalities are caused by aggressive driving. How about that? You know, do you realize that? Yeah, it's, that's oh, now now you can help prevent road rage. Uh, however, if you drive responsibly and recognize the common catalysts for most incidents, uh, you know, it, it might help things. So yes. in no particular order, I'm going to give you some suggestions here on things that, um, well, they could be considered vehicular sins. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Number one thing that might irritate those around you is driving slow in the fast lane and refusing to move over. Okay? It's hard to choose the most offensive of all driving offenses from the list, but this one is near the top. There's nothing that will have me calling you all kinds of names not fit for church if you're driving five miles or more under the speed limit. Don't do it, folks. Not in the left lane. It's called the passing lane for a reason. Right. Right? Number two, keeping pace with a car next to you so no one behind can pass. Come on. That is irritating. Especially on a two-lane highway. Don't do it. Don't do it. Oh, my gosh. Right? Speed up or slow down. Get over. One or the other. Right? right? How about riding your brakes for no particular reason? reason? Right? So what's that ahead of you? Oh, nothing. 
You just want to press on your brakes every 10 seconds because you feel like it. You know, maybe I can even maybe understand this one a little bit if you're going down a hill. That's right. And you're trying not to go too fast. Right. But I've been behind people who are riding their brakes going up a hill. What is that? Excuse me. You must be doing some two-footed driving. Your poor car. Yeah, that doesn't. (laughs) That makes no sense. It doesn't. How about this? Endangering lives because you're fiddling with your phone. Oh. Oh. Now this is very. This is very true. Everybody thinks that they've mastered the skill, right? Or maybe you have. But you also have to consider the unpredictability of other drivers on the road, who can do any number of things to affect your own driving. The National Safety Council reports that more than 25 percent, that's staggering, 25 percent of all automobile crashes are associated with cell phone use these days. And if you're not paying attention, the potential outcome of this situation can be worse than you ever imagined. Yes. I mean, honestly, to me, the worst thing would be hurting somebody else. I mean, basically look at it this way, folks. If you've been driving for a while, would you read the newspaper while driving down the road? Would you read a book while you're driving your car? Then don't get on your phone. Or watch TV. It's the same thing. Right. It's the same thing. It is. It's no different. Yeesh. People have a sort of this invincibility thought and and process that they think that's that's not going to happen to them. It's a very good point that you made where people think, oh, I've got this. All right, you might have this. You might be fine. Stay the speed limit. Stay in your lane. But what if the person next to you is also using their phone and they maybe don't quite have it? So they're looking down at their phone, they turn on their blinker, they look in their mirror, there's nobody there, and they start to pull over on you. Right. Well, if you're on your phone, you're not going to see them about to pull over on you. You go off in a ditch. Come on. It's frightening. Just pay attention. Isn't it? I know. Here's another thing that can possibly throw other people into road rage. Failing to use blinkers when changing lanes. They're there for a reason, folks. It's not for your benefit. It's for the ones around you to know what you're doing. Right. You got it? So how am I supposed to know that you'd like to get in front of me or that you'd like to glide across three lanes of traffic <laughs> in an attempt to avoid missing the exit if you don't have your blinker on? Oh, my gosh. Right? So true yeah this would make an excellent case for me in court when you cause a trash a, a crash <laughs> yeah, right? a crash for driving it, like it, trash tra- driving like trash right. <laughs> <laughs> oh. i shouldn't have drank so many of those hoff brows it's just affecting my speech it's terrible <laughs> another thing that may cause others to experience road rage speeding up when you spot someone trying to merge this is so irritating yeah this is so irritating. It's just so, it's like play nice in the sandbox, everybody. <laughs> it never fails that as soon as I turn my blinker on to merge into another lane, the person trailing behind me in the intended lane suddenly gets lead foot. Right. What is that? You're it's, not getting in front of me. Right? I'm getting where I'm going to go faster than you're going to get there. Right. And then, you know, the funny thing is, guess what? We both end up sitting at the same doggone red light <laughs> in five minutes. Every sitting, time. You, right? They gained nothing. Right. They put everybody at risk, driving crazy, and then everybody <laughs> has to stop at the same red light. Yep. And we're all together again. Always happens that way. <laughs> now, this is one that has caused a little controversy in my house. Weaseling your way into the on or off ramp at the last second. Oh. Okay. That can irritate people. Yeah. Right? You don't, don't want to do jump that. in front of everybody. No. Right? They've been there longer than you. They've been waiting. Uh, another irritating thing is rubbernecking. That drives me bonkers. And we here in Atlanta do that so bad. We do. Right? Like, Why is that? There's, and I, uh, there's a crash on 75 South. Yeah. Oh, well, thank goodness I'm going north. Wait, why is all the trap? But, but, well, it, it, but it just opens up. Yes, it just opens up. But, but, but it's on the other side. Yeah. There's a median and everything, people. Everybody, everybody is curious about what everybody else is doing. Goodness gracious! Everybody wants to know what's going on with somebody else. Right? If you see the flashing lights, just make sure you're out of the way. Right. Don't sit there and pry and try to see. Come on. It's like dogs that sniff each other. <laughs> 
do, but do you see what? You're absolutely right? right. They all want to know what the other one's been doing, right? That's kind of like the equivalent of sniffing a dog. You know, it's just wrong. Keep your eyes on the road. Yes. It's not, it's, you'll, if it's that big of a deal, you'll hear about it on the news when exactly. you get on. Exactly. You can watch the helicopter footage from the, right. the traffic copter, right? Uh, an even better way might be to tune into uh, AM 920. There you go. Catch the traffic weather that way. Yes. Traffic and weather that way. <laughs> well, guys, we are so glad you joined us this week for the Southern Sisters Radio Show. Remember, the recipes are on the site. Send us an email. We love, love, love to hear from you. Radio at Southern Sisters. Home.com. Have a great week.